I want us to. We need to create a vibration. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> yes. I love it. It's just so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, welcome to. But what if I tried acting? <laughs> you, you like that? I do like it. I, I added some smugness. Yeah. Um, the podcast where we discuss the filmographies of singers, rappers, or just general music people who launch acting careers. Uh, I am your host, Commodore Garth Ginsburg. <laughs> oh. I am with my co-host Chelsea Butler. Butler, I'm sorry, how are you where, feeling? Where's my title? If you got if you're a Commodore, what am I? It's you only have to earn it. I have to own I okay, fine. I then I am the Colonel Butler. Mm. I don't know why. I just wanted to go with another C, <laughs> so I went with Colonel. <laughs> There's probably a whole other layer of subtext within that, but uh, I am I'm sticking with it. I'm good. Thank you, Garth. Yes, you at home, feel free to uh explore the psychological <laughs> underpinnings of Chelsea Butler labeling herself Colonel. Uh, I'm also here with Chelsea Sanchez, whose boyfriend does not like chicken parm. <laughs> oh, oh my wow. goodness! Okay. Wow, is that is that my title? Just Chelsea Sanchez? <laughs> no, comma her boyfriend doesn't like chicken parm. You deserve no, a lofty I just, title, I, also. <laughs> I, I just think it's funny to weaponize this podcast against the people in our personal lives, starting with roommate boyfriend. Oh lord! I feel like you're like really hung up on this chicken parm situation, and like to be fair, it is a bad take. Like chicken parm is very tasty, but I don't think it's like the worst food-related take in the friend group. Yeah, mm. I totally agree. Yeah. I kind of think it is, but we should move on. <laughs> well, you love chicken parm. You like it in all different forms. You like it on pizza. Like, you love it. So I understand why it offends you so much. But, like, it's not the worst. Whatever. I was trying to summon another example, but one was not coming to, to mind. Hey, guys, uh, guess what? What's up? Uh, today we're talking about Destiny's Child's Survivor, yay, yay! and the feature film The Fighting Temptations. Uh-huh. Yay! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're gonna talk about. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> everyone's favorite Destiny's Child album and everyone's favorite Beyonce movie. When I think of Beyonce movies, I think of The Fighting Temptations, as we all do. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, Butler, why don't you tell us about the album? Yes, I shall. So, Survivor was released May 1st, 2001 on Columbia Records. It is the first album with the Destiny's Child lineup we know today, which consisted of Beyonce, Kelly Rowland, and Michelle Williams. So we're down to three members. As we mentioned in the last episode, Farrah Franklin also joined the group after the departure of LaToya Luckett and Latavia Robertson, but she left five and a half months later. 
there are conflicting reports as to why this is. The group said it was because she missed promo appearances. Farrah said it was because of negative vibes and the inability to assert any creative control. Hmm. I wonder why. Uh, But Garth, (laughs) uh, you have a strong opinion about this, I believe. Not a strong opinion. I mean, just like given everything we know now about like the departure of Latavia and Latoya, like I'm, I'm just more inclined to believe Farrah mm-hmm. over. Yeah. <laughs> we kicked her out of the group because she was missing promo appearances. But... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, there's people to make sure that she gets to promo appearances, so I don't really believe that either. I definitely think it's the the creative control. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so notable producers on the album include Pokentone, now known as Trackmasters. Notably produced songs include If I Ruled the World by Nas featuring Lauren Hill, Ghetto Koran by 50 Cent, the song that's rumored to be the reason he got shot, and Miami Miami Getting Jiggy With It and Men in Black by Will Smith. Vo- both classic songs. Mm. Very good. They're good songs. Don't be like that. All right, fine. No, never mind. Have your opinion. Fine. We were going to disagree on this. Anyway, uh, other I, producers. I have, I have no problems with any of those songs. <laughs> this, the, no, the noise you made, though. Uh, other producers. 8-Bit, notably produced songs include uh, Paparazzi by Lady Gaga and Wild Wild West by Will Smith. <laughs> Will Smith <laughs> appearance. Interesting. Uh, and then we've got Walter Afansif. Nope. I thought it was Afansif. Okay, Walter Afanasif, uh, and notably produced songs include a bunch of Mariah Carey songs, including All I Want for Christmas is You. Nice job. Uh, the pop single version of the song Beauty and the Beast with Celine Dion and Peebo Bryson. Ooh, it's a good version. It's real good. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, no Will Smith for him, uh, but he did do She's All I Ever Had and She Bangs by Ricky Martin, which Very I guess kind of make up for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we also have the return of Dwayne Wiggins and Corey Rooney, and Beyonce gets a producer credit on each track. Very cool. Yay! Yeah. Cool. So, what did we all think of the the album? Oh, I love it. It's a very good album. Lots of hits. One of uh, my favorites. I distinctly remember dancing around to it a lot uh, on my boombox. Yeah, I agree. This mm-hmm. is definitely like a classic. Yeah, um, for sure. And yeah, I have a lot of very fond memories of listening to this. Yeah. A lot of songs I had forgotten about and I was like, oh, I do remember this one actually. Yeah. Garth. Um, I would describe my feelings as like a lot, but don't necessarily love. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really like the first half of the album and I'm sort of less fond of the second as like, so basically like the way that the album structured, like the first half are like pop bangers. Mm-hmm. And then the second mm-hmm. half are these, like, very slow, kind of late 90s-style slow ballads. Mm-hmm. I said slow twice. Um, and, like, it's not really my thing. Like, I don't think they're universally bad or anything like that. Like, they're just usually not... I just don't usually find them interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's always nice to hear them experimenting with new sounds. And I think the pop songs are pretty much all great, except for some exceptions we'll be talking about in a second. Yeah. Um, I think they sound great. And uh, I think this is the first album that sounds less like a Beyonce solo album with mm. like background singers and more like an actual group album. Yeah. Even though Beyonce definitely has like, you know, a high percentage of the lead vocals, but like mm-hmm. you actually get more significant contributions from the other members of the group. And it's always nice to hear that. 
Yeah, definitely. I thought it was interesting that they did include one gospel song, though, at the very end. Yeah, the medley. Yeah, the medley. It, it surprised me, but I was like, oh, it's kind of also perfect for the movie that we're doing this week. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah, interesting. Yeah. I also, um, I didn't put this in the outline, <laughs> because this is pure speculation on my part. Okay. But there is something... Incre- so the last song on the album is basically just the members of the group talking about how much they love each other. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a part of me that can't help but read a little bit of passive aggression into that towards the former members of the group. <laughs> mm, interesting. <laughs> I didn't think about it that way. <laughs> Gee. I, I mean, like, I, uh. I know this is like cynical Garth, like seeing the worst <laughs> in everything, but like, I couldn't help it. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, I think it's really interesting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, like there's a song earlier in the album that like very much appears to be a diss song towards like a former member of the group or a former acquaintance or something. So like, uh, yeah. the the, gr- the ground is laid for something like that to be true. Um, yeah, un- maybe unintentionally, but yeah, I I can't help it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I think that there's. There's definitely one, but I think there could be two songs that definitely seem like diss songs that could potentially be two former members. I have a question, though. Yes. Uh, why the fuck did in- Independent Women Part 2 sample the Mr. Peabody song? <laughs> I don't know. And it's it's definitely weird. And I don't think it was a very good choice. But I weirdly did sort of find myself kind of bopping along to it. Hmm. I don't know. I, I pictured. I have. No, I don't know if they did a music video for this song, but we've seen a bunch of music videos recently where they like intercut pieces from movies, and I just think it would be really funny if it's like Mr. Peabody is in the Destiny's Child music video for this song. <laughs> that would be an interesting choice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I well, yeah. Here, it's funny. Here's the random insertion of Mr. Peabody into this Destiny's Child video for. That's a promotional. Well, no, this this isn't the promotional version for for uh, Charlie's Angels, but um, yeah. My guess is that so I I think that a lot of like the production on this album and the album before is inspired by Timbaland and specifically his work with Aaliyah and Missy Elliott. Mm-hmm. And uh, Timbaland is very, very talented at, like, finding very, like, odd things to, like, add into a beat mm-hmm. that somehow worked. And I think, like, this was their attempt at trying to do that and just, it doesn't really work. Yeah. I it, it's, it's, it's just a little too goofy of a single, or yeah. <laughs> of a sample. Yeah. Yeah. It's an um, odd choice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't even realize that's what it was until you, you brought it up, actually. Um, yeah. I, I, I made a note funny. of it in the outline. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Peabody, for those of you who don't know, um, in the old Rocky and Bullwinkle cartoons, there was a, they had these shorts where about this like time traveling dog and his boy companion who like, mm-hmm. they go back in time and like meet world leaders and you learn about history and they make yeah. jokes and it's cute. Yeah, It's very yeah. strange. Boring. <laughs> Has it been long enough so that we can admit that referring to your body as jelly is like a very bad idea and like a very weird thing to say? Yes. We should have said, admitted it a long time ago. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say like like some of us would say that like maybe it was a bad idea right up from the jump. Yeah, like it is an amazing song, and for some reason it only works in this song. Outside of the context of this song, I never want anybody ref- to refer to any parts of my body as jelly. No, no, no. Yeah, no, I was no. gonna say. Yeah, 
I in, in my head I had the scenario where like one or both of you tries to defend this uh lyrical choice. <laughs> and uh I was going to counter with the following scenario. Um <laughs> a young man approaches you in a bar. Mm. He goes up to you and he says, Uh, hey, I love your jelly. It's a hard no. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, it was a hard no with the voice. Canceled. But yeah, yeah, we're, we're, get, we're, sure. we're getting hard, hard nose from both Chelsea's. Yes, hard no. <laughs> Doing the the X arms emoji <laughs> for a fact. Hey Chelsea. No, the voice no. is so bad. Please stop. <laughs> you want to see my knife collection? Absolutely no, not. no knives. No, no knives. No swords. No knife. None of it. No knives. No, it's bad. <laughs> Jelly's bad. Knives. Yeah, Jelly's so bad. <laughs> Jelly's bad. Slut, the like slut shamey nature of nasty girl is bad. Oh is god, really, yeah, it's really bad. It's I forgot too until because like I also just like haven't listened to this al- like album mm-hmm. in a- at least ten years. Yeah, and yeah, just re-listening to that, I was like, oh god. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was it was bad. I definitely remember a time where like I wasn't really paying attention to the lyrics and I was truly only listening to the beat and I like. It wasn't one of my favorites, but I liked the song enough to listen to it a lot. Mm-hmm. But now that I like went back and I like pulled up the lyrics to really like read and make sure I was like processing it right, I was like, "This is bad, yep. truly." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, uh, "Nasty Girls" an early song on the album. It's it's just pure slut shaming from start to finish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's you know it's like you know, don't go to the club, not wearing any clothes, you know, like all that. Um, yeah, it's a lot of comments on like the amount of clothing that the woman in question is wearing, the way she acts with men. It's a lot of comments on like how many one night stands she has, things like that. And also a lot of comments on like her appearance, it seems like. Uh, and it's not great. Not nice. Yeah. And then there's an interesting comment. I forget what the exact lyric is, but it boils down to like, if you're out there acting like this, it makes it so much harder for us good girls to get men. And I was just like, <laughs> weird. <laughs> okay (laughs) yeah also like weird that it's like right after bootylicious yes yeah Yeah. (laughs) i made that note as well yeah totally very strange and then there's like another song i think it's um i think that sexy daddy which is another like it's in the middle sort of of the album and it's essentially about like oh i'm gonna go to the club and i'm gonna find me a sexy daddy to hook up with with tonight it's just you're right it's really interesting the way that they're mixed in and then i want to say it's independent women part two also where the lyrics are literally like i'm an independent woman i'm gonna sleep with you tonight but in the morning you better be gone because i don't want any like ties to you because i'm so independent (laughs) and i was like like okay this is the same behavior that you're mad at the woman in nasty gal about Yep. Yeah, doesn't make sense. Like, what yep. is the um, difference? Is it truly the clothes? That's it? Like, I don't know. Yeah, and then you follow it up with Sexy Daddy, and then years later, you make Partition. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's also a bummer, because, like, if you're not paying attention to this to the lyrics, like, the song is kind of a banger. Yeah, that's the yeah. thing. Yeah. I don't know. It's insidious pop music. <laughs> too bad yeah those, making all, making all of our kids worship the devil and <laughs> think incredibly misogynist thoughts <laughs> oh my goodness so that yeah. song's really weird should we also talk about like the oddness of the story of beauty yes we should yeah, yeah. 
it's like for those that haven't listened to it it's basically like this fast-paced sort of pop song about a woman who has been through a lot of abuse like I think if I remember right specifically she was abused by her stepfather growing up and the song the song is a lot about like oh I sort of like look for my stepfather in the men that I date as an adult now and it's just very creepy but it's like this like it's a very fast-paced dancey pop song yeah um yeah it's extremely odd and it's was an interesting thing that Garth brought up actually like how many other songs really do this and I ended up like digging into it a little bit because I just got so curious and there are not a lot of songs that are fast-paced pop songs about this they're mostly sort of like slow sort of Christina Aguilera style pop songs Mm -hmm. but there are some notable exceptions that I thought would be interesting to run by the group the first one and you can it's a little up in the air on whether or not you think it's fast paced or not, but it's the Eminem and Rihanna song, Love the Way You Lie, okay. which is about a couple in an abusive relationship. Not really the same thing, but it's about abuse. There is also the, there's some country songs that were very fast paced and upbeat and dancey. It's Miranda Lambert, Gunpowder and Lead, which okay. is, it's the, the beat reminds me a lot of the Carrie Underwood song where she takes the bat to her boyfriend's car to mm. get back at him right. to for cheating on her. Right. And then that brings me to the Carrie Underwood song about a woman in an abusive relationship, actually, that is called Church Bells. Mm. Another big dancey, like, not line dancey, but, like, definitely a dance song. And then, finally, there was Florence and the Machines' Kiss with a Fist, which is a upbeat, oh. poppy dance song, literally about a couple beating each other up. That's a good yep. point. I forgot about the Florence and the, Machi- and the Machine song. Yeah. Those were really the only ones I could find that were like really dancey specifically or like, you know, like radio pop songs that were trying to be hits. And I just thought it was really interesting. Like none of them are about like a woman having suffered abuse as like a child, but they are uh, like about abusive relationships between adults that are usually like physically very abusive. Have you, did you ever listen to The Chicks when you were a kid? Not really, no. They have this one song off of the like, the big album that came out like in the early 2000s. Um called goodbye earl where it's like this girl and her like this woman's in an abusive relationship so then her friend comes over and then they murder their like her husband and it's very upbeat like the music is very upbeat while they talk about like murdering this this man actually i do think i sort of remember this one yeah yeah i mean there's a way to make that tonal juxtaposition work um because, like, the, the two songs that actually come to mind uh, when I think about this song, uh, because to me, like, this is a very, like, message song. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- this isn't a fast-paced pop song. Like, this is more, like, kind of the tonal tonally appropriate way of doing it. But, like, I thought about Runaway Love by Ludacris and Mary J. Blige. Mm-hmm. You remember that one? Yeah. Um, but then, like, a way to do kind of like this isn't about abuse so much as it's about like addiction and kind of depression and mm-hmm. all that um is uh the remix of i took a pill in ibiza mm, uh-huh like that's a like that is specifically like a song about like the dark underbelly of celebrity and like pop star life and all that so like it actually makes a lot of sense to like we're, we're gonna put, make like a super dancey beat where we're gonna say a bunch of really sad shit over it um whereas this song is like not going for that kind of irony or that kind of juxtaposition it's very just sincerely like 
we're going to tell this horrifying story about abuse, but over a dancey beat. Well, and I, I think to Butler's list too, like, I think there are certain genres that like lend themselves very well to um, these like tonal juxtapositions. I think mm-hmm. like pop or, you know, like EDM is pro- is one of them, but I think country can also do this really well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, going back to the story of beauty, it's just like, it is, it's, it's interesting to see like when it doesn't really work, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. I agree. I think the country songs pulled it off better. I think coming from like singers like Miranda Lambert and Carrie Underwood too, like they put sort of a powerful spin on it where the women do end up at the end of the song, sort of like taking control of the relationship and getting some freedom. So there is that as well. Yeah. 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 I mean, most of the time you are listening to songs that sort of appropriately handle uh, subject matter like that, or like at least in the like the way that the, the way that they are performed and the way that they are produced. Um, mm-hmm. But most of those songs are not popular for a reason. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's a, uh, it was an extremely strange thing to try to parse yeah. out. Yeah. yeah. Who do we think fancy is about? Um, I'm not really sure. I think there's something to what Garth said about how it could potentially be about a former um, groupmate that left. I felt like it was fairly generic enough that it could be either of them, but I also, I'm not very familiar with either of them as people. Mm. I think it's about Becky with the good hair. (laughs) (laughs) I, I think this has been a long simmering feud. And I think that, like, a lot of the creative uh, juice behind Beyonce's work is directly inspired by this long-simmering hatred of this Becky. She's just always hated Rachel Roy. (laughs) Okay, has it been confirmed that that's who Becky is? Uh, That's what the rumor was. Yeah. The rumor Hmm. was Rachel Roy, and then that's how Rachel Ray got brought into it, because everybody confused Rachel Roy, the designer, with Rachel Ray, the food personality. (laughs) Okay, I was about to ask who Rachel Roy is. She's a very fancy, stylish, beautiful designer. And Rachel Ray, who is also very entertaining and pretty, but is, like, definitely not in fashion. Like, Like, she's a chef, and she makes... She has a special chef line for dogs, like... Do yeah. very different people <laughs> it's it's very it, it is a very funny thing for or um yeah confusion for people to have yeah okay well in that case <laughs> i'm gonna switch my vote to it being about rachel ray <laughs> <laughs> you know everyone thinks that the food network is you know an innocent place to watch wholesome television it's not <laughs> it's a den of sinners and cheaters and yeah people who do bad things with food i just like the idea of like beyonce in like 1997 trying to create like like greek goddess dip or something like from a rachel ray video and then she ends up like messing it up and it's just like damn you rachel ray (laughs) she's never been able to let it go garth what is your most nitpicky of nitpicks Ah, so I've wrote Garth's most nitpicky of nitpicks into the outline. Okay, have either of you ever picked up a guitar? Yes. yes. Do you know the noise that it that it makes when like you slide your fingers across the string? No. Like, 
Yes, that one. Okay. Okay. (laughs) They are so loud and pronounced on Independent Women Part 1, and I can't fucking listen to that song because of it. What? Oh. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, in the very, very beginning of the song, when you first hear the doom, doom, doom. Yeah. If you listen carefully, and really you don't have to listen that carefully, but if you listen carefully, you'll hear like a like high-pitched kind of squealing sort of chalkboard noise. Or, like, nails on a chalkboard noise. What? That is the sound of fingers on strings. And I hate it. I and don't I can't remember listen to the song. this. But it was, yeah, I mean, like, this is potentially, like, ruin the song forever. Because, like, once you notice it, you can't unnotice it. But it's there. Trust me. It's even in the video. I made sure. I'll go back and listen. I, it feels like the kind yeah. of thing I'm just never going to notice. I, I don't think I've ever noticed this. Yeah. One thing I did notice, and it might just be an issue, like an error on Spotify's part, mm-hmm. but I th- I'm pretty sure that if you go to Spotify and you listen to this album, Independent Women Part 1 is like the number one, but then yeah. Independent Women Part 2 is like Roman nu- numeral 2, not the letter 2. <laughs> That's even more oh, nitpicky than huh. independent. Isn't that weird? Yes, it is like that it's... on Spotify. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's like an like an, an album issue or like a, like a Spotify issue, but... Uh, I, I don't, I I don't like, remember what it is on my copy. Oh man, yeah. I don't know. I don't I I don't even have the album with me. It's like downstairs. I would go grab it and check. Dang. I, you know, it's truly doesn't really matter, I guess, but like it is a <laughs> Oh, I think it really movie. matters. I think it's, it's weird really that no one funny. got that. I mean it again, is. it could just be that like Spotify, you know, doesn't care. Like, oh, but... we're Spotify. <laughs> Do you want like a fraction of a penny for streaming the song? We give her the twelve cents. I don't know. That that was a Swedish accent, everybody. Um, (laughs) Guys, I have a story about this album. Oh, man, I can't wait to hear it. What happened? This was during ninth grade. Okay. Before I knew either of you and before my life was complete. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) We we, we had like a, I don't remember if it was, I think it was just a late night, not an overnight, but it was like the whole idea was like, hey, we're going to stay late at school and do a bunch of fun activities mm-hmm. as a group to for the sake of, like, grade bonding or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Some teachers went over time. I don't know. Um, and, and they did the thing where it's like, we like, they assembled everyone into teams and then, like, you know, you competed in various games and stuff. And then, like, at the end, you know, whoever had the most points won something. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the last thing we all did was, like, a karaoke thing. Oh, okay. Uh, and so for for the sake of the lulls. Yes. <laughs> um, I wrote, or someone wrote, Survivor. So, okay, our group chose the song Survivor by Destiny's Child. Okay. Um, the word Survivor was written across my belly. <laughs> where I had a belly still in ninth grade. Um... And then I wrapped my T-shirt in a bra. <laughs> so like, so like, basically, like I twisted the bottom of the shirt, and then like I wrapped it over to like make it look like kind of a spring break thing. Yep, everyone's um, favorite thing to do in ninth grade. Yep. Uh, yeah, and so then I danced while my group performed Survivor, and I don't remember <laughs> if we won or not. But so wait, to be clear, mm-hmm. you were you the only one dancing, and everybody else was singing, and you were like just doing dance. I don't remember. Okay, I just. <laughs> I hope you won. I feel like you you guys would have deserved it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
That's some effort. I, Good job. It, it yeah, was, quality, quality teamwork. Kudos. Yeah. D- definitely yeah. a thing worth doing and then admitting on a podcast that we did. Because <laughs> I bet a bunch of, got, you know, dudes are like, oh, he did the ninth grade. But then, you know, those are probably people who are like, like, oh, I'm now some boring fuck who got married in my 20s and now my life is over. What is everyone's favorite song off of this album? It's a hard one. There's a lot of good ones on here. Yeah. I do feel like I have to go with Independent Women Part 1. Mm. It's a classic. I think it's solid. Yeah, that's a very good choice. It's very close, I think. Um, But I think I'm going to go with Survivor. Good choice. Very good. Thank you. Uh, based on our previous discussion, I'm going to go with Nasty Girl. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> if you went on no. beat alone, maybe. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Apple Pie a la Mood. Oh, that was a fun song. Nice. Yeah, I like I like the chorus and I kind of like the throwbacky nature of it. Yeah, it is. I I hadn't listened to it in such a long time, and that was a really fun song. Yeah. I believe it was in the background at one point in Carmen, a hip hop as well. Oh. So, or, or at least like one of the movies we saw previously. Um, so hmm. it, it has a sentimental meaning for me. <laughs> and also I get kind of a sweet tooth while listening to it. Yeah. There's a line. It's something like something about like chocolate covered strawberries or something. And I was like, oh man. It is Only. the course. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Oh, sounds really good. Incredible. All right. Shall we talk about The Fighting Temptations? We the shall. Temptations. The most exciting film ever made. <laughs> sure. The Fighting Temptations was released on September 19th, 2003. It was directed by Jonathan Lynn, who is an old white British man. Cool. Which is hilarious in hindsight, now that I've seen this movie. <laughs> Uh, he has also directed My Cousin Vinny, The Whole Nine Yards, and Clue. Uh, it should also be noted that Clue is overrated trash, and, uh, the entire musical theater community can all go collectively fuck themselves for their elevation of this movie. What? I hate it. I hate it. It's just a bunch of, like, manic, annoying people being manic and annoying at each other. I hate no. it. Whoa, whoa, the three, whoa, whoa, whoa. The, th- the three ending things was stupid. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Flames Let's back up real quick. On the side Wait. of my face. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Let's back up. Let's give Sanchez's face the time to cool down, and let's answer a question from Butler, who has never seen this movie. Sure. You okay. said musical theater people love this movie. Is this movie okay, a musical? That, that, I was, is, wait. Is, no, it's is not, Clue but it's like... It's not. Okay. But it, it gives off an intense, like, music musical theater kid vibe interesting okay wow. i mean you mean like is it a you mean like murder mystery like on a train vibe like you know the game that you play you go on a train for like someone's birthday and you'll have to play the murder mystery game no it's like you know let's just pretend for a second that you're on say a liberal arts college campus <laughs> okay okay and it, and it's like early in the morning and you have that early class yeah but then like that kid comes in and he's way way too energetic and you know he's involved in musical theater yes yes and like it's really grating like it's way too early for you to have like this amount of energy that that's the energy i'm talking about that 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 just oozes out of clue like it's fucking pus oh wow I hate this wow it does sound very specific anyway but... en- enough about clue which is trash <laughs> um oh, Lord. uh 
The Fighting Temptations, which is a better movie than Clue, <laughs> wow. uh, was written by Elizabeth Hunter and Saladin K. Patterson, or it could be Saladin. I've heard both pronunciations. I apologize if that pronunciation is wrong. Uh, with a hunter, with Elizabeth Hunter getting a story by credit. Uh, Elizabeth Hunter's previous credits include a story by credit for Beauty Shop. Exciting. Uh, she is also the writer of Jumping the Broom. Meh. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, Michael Jackson's Searching for Neverland, which is a lifetime Michael Jackson film that I'm sure has aged tastefully and was tastefully made. Not from the pictures I pulled up on Google. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, also Saladin's K. Patterson's previous credit. The Fighting Temptations is his only movie credit as of now. Uh, but he's done lots of TV work, uh, including Frasier, The Bernie Mac Show, and he's the credited writer of Hype Man, uh, which is the episode of Dave about Gata's struggle with bipolar disorder. Oh, interesting. interesting. So still around. Okay. Yeah, he's cool. doing stuff. He's got a lot of stuff on his, like, that's coming up on his IMDb page. I'm I'm happy for his future. That's um, interesting. Okay. Cool. Anyway, uh, The Fighting Temptations, which once again is better than Clue, uh, <laughs> stars... Cuba Gooding Jr., Beyonce, Wendell Pierce, Latanya Richardson-Jackson, Mike Epps, Angie Stone, and others. Uh, guest stars and appearances include Faith Evans, who is a singer in her own right and the widow of Notorious B.I.G., or Biggie. Uh, Steve Harvey, Bilal, who is an underrated-as-hell neo-soul singer, in my opinion. Uh, we got Faze on Love. we got Montel Jordan of This Is How We Do It fame, <laughs> who is now a pastor. And we have Eddie Levert, who is a member of the OJs who you know from Love Train, and more. Uh, we also have some special uh, gospel acts that sing in the competition at the end uh, that include the Blind Boys of Alabama, who most people know as the group that did the season one version of the Wire theme song. Yeah. Also a very cool. exciting uh, appearance by Mary Mary. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I forgot, I forgot, to, yeah, I forgot to include Mary Mary. Mary Mary is also in that, yeah. um, as, as, as well as some other people who I'm sure are big in the gospel scene. Yeah. I just really like Mary Mary, so I thought I'd shout them out. <laughs> nice. Yes. Uh, I don't think I saw a Kirk Franklin appearance, but Kirk Franklin is the only gospel person I know other than the Blind Boys of Alabama, who, if I understand correctly, are not exclusively a gospel act. Mm. Yeah, I don't think I saw him listed either. Hmm. But, you mm. know, his inspiration is all over this movie. Shall we talk about the blot? Yes. Yes. Plot o'clock. The wild, wild plot. Um, Okay, (laughs) let's let's get into this. So, back when protagonist Darren, that's Cuba Gooding Jr., was a little boy, his local church in Georgia threw his mother out of the choir and the church at the behest of the (laughs) local church hag, as as Garth put it, Paulina, uh, (laughs) for singing salacious R and B music in her spare time. His mother then takes him on the road as she sings in bars, and we'll learn later she eventually dies in a hit-and-run accident. Side note, Paulina would be known as, like, the first lady of the church in other podcasts. Yep. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. I, I vote that we make the term church hag a thing. No, I mean, there's definitely church hags, I'm sure. Like, it's just I mean... funny. <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say, I, like as a Catholic person, I, I yeah, think we'll, we'll, we'll get into this. Definition. We'll be getting yes. into this later, but I really did not like that character. <laughs> yeah, um, okay. Liquor, so you know, 
Yeah. It's plot o'clock. All right. right. Please save all comments on church hags until we're done. <laughs> um, all right. So we're in the present. Darren now lives in New York City. Ooh. <laughs> and he's a swindler. Ooh. A flim flam artist. A god man. <laughs> um, after getting fired from his advertising job for faking his academic history, although he should have been fired for like a very racist uh, malt liquor pitch that he did during the movie, but whatever. Um, we'll, we'll be getting into that too. We'll, yeah, we will get into that. Don't worry. Um, he gets noticed that his aunt Sally has died and has left him an inheritance. Mm-hmm, indeed. So he has to go to the funeral. Um, they have the funeral, and then afterwards, Pastor Bunk informs Darren that his aunt has left him lucrative shares in a Georgia power company, which he can claim if and only if he leads the church's choir to a victory at the choir competition called, wait for it, Choir Explosion. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Choir Explosion. Which uh, Garth wants you to know he thinks is hilarious name for a choir competition, and it is. Uh, Darren, seeing an opportunity to make some quick money, lies about being a music producer for his profession and accepts the offer. This pisses off Paulina as she was in line to take over the choir, or at least she thought she was. Uh, So now they have beef. Ooh. All right. So that night, Darren goes to the Sinful Blues Club. (laughs) And um, watches his childhood crush, Lily, perform Fever. For unexplained reasons, Lily has been ostracized from the church, but we can assume it has something to do with something going on. (laughs) Um, Darren goes on to hit on her, um, but he's not ready for all that jelly. He's not. He's He's really not. And she makes it clear. Uh, So the next day, Darren listens to the choir and they are awful. (laughs) Um, (laughs) he asks Lily to join but she refuses so he ends up having to hold auditions which are also a train wreck but luckily he finds a group of barbers who can sing really well and they're his first recruits even though it's never shown that he asked them to join he then runs into (laughs) Beyonce and it turns out she has a kid out of wedlock and that's why the church kicked her out scandal scandal whoa 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 um, slowly, they recruit more members, including contacts from Pastor Bunk. Um, they also finally recruit Lily, despite objections from Paulina, uh, who ends up leaving the choir over her joining. Um, but she's, you know, because she's the church like treasurer, she's like around and very, very present throughout the film. Um, that should have been Paulina, as it turns Yeah, out. I was like, this is confusing to me. Um, also, you skipped an important plot beat. Yeah, Sanchez, oh, don't, you have, so sorry. don't you have something to tell us about a Facebook group you once oh, joined? you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I thought I read it so good. <laughs> okay, do you really want me to tell this, like, stupid story? I mean, you should, yes. listen, you should tell it to us, and if you really want to, you can always cut it later. But I think okay. that we and the audience would like to hear it. Okay, when I was a sophomore in college, I was mess. I was having a, a classic mess around with one of our mutual friends, and <laughs> we were looking up like Facebook groups because I guess like Facebook groups had just become a thing, and I we found like a Bible centric Facebook group. <laughs> but it was public, so I just like joined it, and like literally the first thing I said was just I just it's more like the butt bowl. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> Classic. Just immediately 
immediately got kicked out. Classic, very clever joke. <laughs> yeah, it, yes. was, it was really funny and very, very worth everyone's time. Having yes, known there, you... Thank God you went to uh, a liberal arts college, too. Yeah. Having... And, I want to be clear, this happened at, like, 4 p.m. on a Wednesday. This was not, like, some oh. sort of funny shenanigan. Like, I, <laughs> I was about to say, having known you in sophomore year of college, I'm going to assume this is a night where 40s were involved. <laughs> but, like... Nothing ha- Yeah, no, I was literally, like, doing my homework, and then we thought this would be funny, and this is that's oh how it happened. <laughs> Very good. All right, we, thank you so much. We can go to the, back to the plot now. <laughs> yeah, this has been the butt bowl corner. The um... butt bowl corner. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, we're changing that for the rest of the season. <laughs> uh, okay, so back to the plot. Um, so a few weeks pass, and they're practicing, and they're finally starting to get good. But Paulina informs them that the deadline to audition has passed, a situation that she orchestrated. The man who runs the contest turns out to be a prison warden. Um, he gives the choir a chance to perform at the prison, and they do a great job, and they earn a spot in the competition. Uh, and he even gives them three prisoners to perform with. Uh, yeah, unchill, by the way. Um, <laughs> should not be... Yep. Anyways, we we can talk about the ethics of prison labor and how there is none. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, 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 leftist Vinnie Jones, I see you approaching, but like, yeah. we, we, we got it. We got to get through the plot and then, yes, you know. later. Um, noted. Yes. All right, so the choir gets a lot better and church attendance starts growing. Yay! Um, but, uh, oh, also, things are heating up between Lily and Varen. However... Paulina finds out that Darren isn't a music producer after his old job calls and offers him his job back. Questionable. Um, <laughs> after a 1,000% justified speech about how badly the church fucked his family over, Darren goes back to New York. So back in New York, he's got his old his advertising job back, and he's a soulless ad man. And the slow, pointless churn of existence begins to slowly crush his soul. And he really misses Lily. And he really misses Southern food. So he presumably quits his job and goes back to Georgia. He catches up with a choir at the competition. Using the same kinds of church bylaws that Paulina always quotes, the choir throws her out of the group. Darren learns that uh, those shares from the bequeathment are worthless because the power company folded. But who cares? They perform, they win, and a year later, Darren and Lily are together. They've forgiven Paulina, and everyone's happy. The end. Also, Omar Epps' character has been there the whole time. Oh, yep, yes. he was just kind of there. <laughs> so, uh, what did we all think of the movie? Oh, man. Lots of thoughts, honestly. Um, I don't think it's very good. The biggest yeah. thing for me is I am very surprised that this is not a Tyler Perry movie. There's just so many Tyler Perry elements in here. It's a very religious film. It's a very odd mix of comedy and drama. It has a lot of like morals that it sticks to. And yeah, I just, it just really surprised me that like, it's, yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of, I mean, I, as someone who's never, I think I like, I think I saw Medea Goes to Jail like <laughs> 10 years ago uh, by... I'm familiar with like the idea of Tyler Perry movies. I I feel like you're onto something. Um but I'd also say like I don't know. I I wish there had been a little more here. I feel like this could have been more fun than it ended up being. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 
it's a it's not a light movie but like you're right there there could be more going on yeah yeah um first of all i would like to note that my only exposure to the filmography of tyler perry is uh on the floor of my high school I, i was in middle school at the time on the floor of my middle school uh, I found a bootleg DVD of Diary of a Mad Black Woman. <laughs> like an actual, like, you bought it on the street bootleg. Yeah. Like someone went into the movie theater and with a camcorder right. and filmed it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and um, I thought that was hilarious. So I took it and kept it and I brought it home and watched it. And I don't remember a whole lot about that movie other than finding it very tonally uh, off. Um. <laughs> But secondly, like, yeah, like, y- y- you guys went to Tyler Perry movie, like, I went to sports movies. Mm-hmm. Mainly that, like, I think that this is pretty much, like, a standard sports movie, but, like, you replace all the sports with choir. Mm-hmm. Just, like, the general structure of, like, a uh, guy takes over team and the team is bad, but then, like, slowly the team gets better as he develops a relationship with a side character uh, right. some sort of catastrophe you know like they win a few matches or a few competitions uh and confidence is gaining as they go into the championship but then you know something bad happens but then protagonist like overcomes and they win everything and you know sports fans get their jollies and you know all that um fighting temptations is that but just with choirs mm-hmm. yeah. uh and i found it just kind of aggressively middle of the road yeah um i I didn't find myself like getting too mad at it but just like i don't know it it just it didn't really provoke a whole lot of thought out of me other than some stuff we will get to in a second but uh Mm -hmm. yeah like i don't know it's fine you can watch it with your grandparents yeah i think in that in that same vein it reminds me a lot of of a lot of dance movies as well same sort of Mm -hmm. thing like you know you start out bad at dancing you find like a partner or something that's really good you get better you start to win some competitions you get to the big competition there's some drama about it and in the end you win so yeah yeah exactly first i wanted to talk about beyonce's acting actually and how Mm -hmm. we felt about it especially now that we've seen a couple beyonce films uh i thought that her acting in this was kind of weak but i don't think it's her fault Mm -hmm. um I think that there's a trope in not necessarily kind of bad writing, but like uninspired writing where like the role of the female character is basically just to police the protagonist. Mm -hmm. Like, like, especially if we know like the protagonist is like, there's something like, you know, like he's a con man or something like that. And so like their job is to basically just call them out on their bullshit. And, like, that's pretty much, like, that and singing is pretty much all she has to do in this movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are long stretches of the movie that, like, just don't remember that she's there. Mm-hmm. So, like, she's not really, like, given a whole lot to do. And, like, even if you've got, like, the most talented actress on the planet, there's only so much they could do with this character. So, like, I don't really blame her. Yeah. I do think that there's, like, an issue with the way the character is written and maybe some directing issues here as well. Because... We know that she can do comedy really well now that we've seen her in Goldmember. And even then, her character doesn't have, like, a ton to do, but she still finds a way to really shine in it. Um, yeah. So, yeah. 
yeah, I, I imagine that an old white British man would relate very much to uh, a black woman from the South who was singing in <laughs> a church choir and could direct her very well in that role. <laughs> yeah, I just think, like, you know, she's not given a lot to work with, and they're not pulling anything out of her either. Like, she can clearly act better than this. Like, the, the movie right before it, she's done a much better job. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I It was not... It was fine. Yeah. She did fine. <laughs> Very um, substantial point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, yeah, like that's the difficult thing about discussing this movie, though. Like, there's really not like a whole lot you can say about any individual topic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, except for some stuff we will be covering in a second. Yeah, uh, exactly. But, uh, yeah, like, I, I struggled writing the script because, like, I was like, uh, what the fuck am I going to talk about? <laughs> like, this is just such a standard movie. Like, Yeah, yeah the, it's just like not, nothing really is that, well, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, <laughs> but I yeah. feel like Beyonce is like the perfect example of all of this too, where you're just kind of like, yeah, I mean, like what's happening here is fine, but it's not like good or like worth talking about or like super memorable. Yeah. yeah. Do we think this movie is a musical? No, I don't really think it is. Not when we think of something like how Carmen is clearly a musical. Or I'm sorry, Carmen, a hip hopra is a musical. Thank you. <laughs> Very important. Yeah. It's got a lot of music in it, but it's not a musical. It's definitely about music, but yeah. Yeah, I agree. I also don't think it's a musical. Yeah, it makes it three for three. Um, like, I, I definitely think you can make an argument that it's like, it fits the letter of the law when it comes to like what is and is not a musical, but it's not in the spirit of the law. Um, because I know like whenever like I Google like musicals, like I also get a bunch of biopics about musicians and stuff like that. Mm. And I don't think that, that those are musicals. Yeah. Right. Like if, yeah. if you are performing diegetic music in, uh, in, in if, if your lead character is a musician and they are performing diegetic music, like, I, I, it's just not the spirit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You have to break reality and perform. And I, I, I know that, like, there may be some sort of academic points to make to oppose that. But, like, when you say the word musical to people, like, that's what they conjure. Yeah. yeah. Somebody has to sing a song at somebody else, for sure. Yeah. 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 You I know, agree. like, I go around, you know, like, I'm known as a very happy-go-lucky person. So, like, I go around and, like, I sing songs at people, uh, primarily Butler. And, <laughs> but, but like, um, you know, like, I'm not in a musical. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Very, very important distinction. Yeah. Not a uh, musical. But uh, speaking of the music, um, I have some thoughts on the music. <laughs> I'm sure you do. Mm -hmm. Let's hear them. Okay, so let's start with uh, Beyonce's version of Fever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, like, this is, like, a relatively famous version of the song, from what I understand. Or, like, a relatively famous cover of it, and I don't like it. Yeah, I know what you mean. I don't really like it either. I think, I don't know if I would call it famous. I would say it's well-known-ish. Um, but yeah, it's not, I don't really feel like it's that good. Um... Yeah, I think it's a little too clean. Yeah. Like, like I, I think like a good version of Fever is like, I don't know, sleazy. <laughs> like, okay. like, like it's like it's like it's very like threadbare, and there's there should really only be like 
the vocalists and a bass and maybe some drums. Mm-hmm. But, but then, like, this version brings in, like, background singers and, like, a, a full band, basically. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't think that, like, the way that they had Beyonce perform the song was a little too kind of, like, I don't know, nice. Mm-hmm. I really like, like I, I don't know. I really like Sade's it, version of it. I think it's, yeah, it's Sade, a little more yeah. in your, what you're talking about, it's a little more bare bones. I also don't like the rap. <laughs> you don't like... You're not a big T-Bone yeah. fan? <laughs> I, I am not a big T-Bone fan. Um, yeah, like, I, I basically think like this is the Christian equivalent of m- lyrical miracle rap. Do you, do you guys know what I'm talking about by lyrical miracle rap? No. No, I don't. Uh, it's it's primarily a term on like hip-hop Twitter and stuff like that, but it's basically like the kind of hip-hop where like the structure and the mechanics of the rhymes take precedent over the substance. Okay. So in other words, mm-hmm. you 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 have crafted like a super technical like rap with like tons of like internal rhyme schemes, but you're just saying nothing. Okay. okay. Um. Mm-hmm. And um. Yeah. And I like the ability to construct like technically impressive bars is not the same thing as creating effective music. And and I think like this movie comes in with the attitude that like like they're rapping about Jesus, but like they're doing it with like a lot of like rapidy raps. Uh, and, and I just th- I just think it's dumb. And uh, also, it should be noted that all Christian hip hop is fucking trash. And and really, like all modern Christian music in general. But yeah, Christian music <laughs> is not good. Um, I haven't heard a lot of it. Face. Um, <laughs> I mean, I feel like Creed is the one that I'm like most familiar. Note that that with. opinion is not necessarily shared by everybody on this podcast. <laughs> Okay, I feel well, I feel like it is fair to say that like most Christian like like Creed is bad. That's what I'm yes. saying. I don't yeah. know if I've heard any <laughs> like Creed, Creed are bad. Creed is bad. <laughs> I don't know if I've heard I think... any Creed. I wonder Oh, you've heard some Creed. Are you sure? if, you, if you've ever been in like a stadium during a sports game, you've heard some Creed. I don't actually I've only been to a well, no, that like are you sure any sports game? Because they didn't play it oh, at yeah. the soccer game I went to. Especially I don't baseball. think I've heard it. Really? What's, wait, what song are you talking wait. about, Garth? I'm talking about the one where it's like, Can you take me? Oh, yes. Okay, I've heard that song. Oh, I've yes. never heard it in a stadium in my life. <laughs> are you kidding? When was the no, last time I, you I were in a I stadium? With, um, Is there a sport where what? you have to like, go really high? <laughs> okay. I mean, it would be basketball, but like what they're playing in stadiums mm. now is like what's on the radio. It's just like pop, like rap and stuff yeah, like I feel like okay definitely um, wouldn't play Creed when i went to like game. the soccer game the other day they were they had like a live band playing like some really amazing like music it was it was really great they had like a live drummer and stuff like yeah like a, a lot of it is very like creatively boxed in because you can really only talk about like so many topics yeah um, i could see that i will yeah. say for, from what i think i have heard it can be a little like on the nose um in that like you would think that there's maybe a more subtle way to talk about your uh, newfound love of Jesus, but instead they literally like say something along the lines of like, I have just found Jesus and I love him now. Like, you know, kind of what I'm yeah. getting at here. Yeah. Yeah. And like, there is of course like merit to some Christian music, mm-hmm. um, but like, I don't know. Like I, I've never been entirely on board with the notion that like, just because you're like a part of a religion, that means like every facet of your life has to be dedicated to like the worship of that religion, including 
like mm-hmm. the movies you watch and the music you listen to. Mm-hmm. I see it's what like, you it, mean. It's, it's fine. Like, yeah, I do see. I, what you I, I, I like listening to like old gospel music mm-hmm. that's like yeah. sounds like gritty because that's that stuff's cool. But yeah, like, I think that's what's so interesting about different kinds of uh, Christian and religious music because like gospel, for example, has been like the root of so many different kinds of modern music. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and that I mean. I, yeah, it's, I, and I think it's like the, the like low quality stuff that comes out is really a product more of like the kind of like, like, you know, the like big church, like the mega churches and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I just, I I think it has roots in like a very different kind of, you know. Yeah. um, Yeah. Christian. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know. I I feel like nine times out of 10 when I, when I talk about like Christian music, I'm talking about like, you know, it's incredibly late and like infomercials are starting and oh. you see the long and you see like the long commercials for christian music i do know right. what you're talking about now it's like a christian yeah. sort of alt rock yeah, yeah exactly yeah, stuff where yeah. You're just like, that's oh, that shit's God. the worst okay i know yeah. i'm on board and, 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 i figured yeah. it out and like okay. all, all, all yeah. the all the like footage that they show in the commercial is like some aggressively boring looking band performing <laughs> to just like an arena filled with like caucasoids <laughs> who are all who all like have like their hands up and stuff I do know what you're talking yeah. about. Now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not good. Uh, Christian alt rock is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Christian rap is bad too, but for. I don't know, we're, we're, we're running long. On <laughs> <laughs> um, That's okay. Um, so. Yeah, and I, I guess like the only like other music thing to talk about in this movie is like all the choir stuff, mm-hmm. which is, it's fine. Yeah. It's, qu- it's, it's choir stuff. Yeah. You've, you've heard it. Yeah, yep. you're you're either into it or you're not. Like, yeah. yeah, I don't feel elevated when I listen to choir music, but you know, I'm dead inside. It's fine. <laughs> well, I was just gonna say, like, the live performances as part of Choir Explosion, uh, from like the professional <laughs> groups, I thought they were very good. Like the the blind yeah. guys. Yeah, the blind boys. <laughs> Thank you. The blind boys. The blind guys. <laughs> <laughs> the blind guys. The blind boys were very good. Mary Mary was very good. Like, and then I thought Faith Evans is uh, singing her her few performances were good. Um, oh yeah, so, at the very beginning. Yeah, at the beginning yeah. when yeah. she's sort of touring, I guess, in that montage, she, that stuff yeah. was good. Yeah. So there is some good music in there. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's some really bad stuff in this movie. Like, oh yes, oh I know, right? There's some real low points. Uh, like Cuba Gooding Jr.'s character early on in the movie, he's like a junior ad exec. He's really motivated to get to that senior spot. He wants a corner office and Cuban cigars, and he decides that he's going to sacrifice the well-being of his race for it. <laughs> and he decides to pitch to this alcohol company that's a big account and say, "Listen, what you guys need to do is develop a malt liquor <laughs> division." And you need to specifically target black people. And it's just the way he says it is so like detached. Like he doesn't like he knows what he's doing. He knows that he is like putting black people on a platter for these like white ad executives to take advantage of. And he's willing to profit from it in front of all of his other white coworkers. And it's just like, wow. Wow. Yep. It's it's like it's a real Don Draper moment for him here, I guess. Like, I don't know. Like, or I guess maybe the second ad pitch is, is a little more him because He's really, he, instead of like just being sort of like a bold face, like we're going to really play on like the whole like rapper, like baller lifestyle. We're instead going to play on people who wish they could have that lifestyle and live in like the middle of nowhere and are just like in general, like really great sort of like middle lower class people who like 
have dreams of like a big life, but they can't quite get it. So what are we going to do? We're going to offer them malt liquor as a way that they could potentially sort of get there. (laughs) And it's just so depressing. Yeah, notice how I am not speaking during this section of the podcast. Well, I would like to, I, you know, the thing I mentioned about Don Draper, I feel like, you know, Mad oh, yeah, well, that, so that much stuff, more, yeah. you know, so I, I, I was, I was, I was referring more to the sort of horrifying racial implications oh, yeah. of the first head, <laughs> okay, the first, yeah. and really the second ad pitch as well. But yeah. Like, they're both, I mean, yeah, they're both deeply, deeply. Yeah. They are both really It's like, bad. Hey, you know, the stereotype it's true. Yeah. That was not good. Yeah. It was really bad. It, it invest money liquor yeah. company. Yeah. And then, like, the, the ad exec, like, the people who are, who are interested in the pitch, the, the alcohol executives are, like, really into it. His boss is clearly, like, willing to let him do this and to, like, promote him, you know, in front of the alcohol execs to, like, look good in front of them, but also to, like, keep this guy who's, like, come up with this terrible pitch and he's going to promote him for it. Like, it's, it's insanity. Um I do want to say one thing about the pitch. Right. Um, <laughs> yes. Most of, no, understandable. Foremost, it's not AMC. It's the pitch. <laughs> first and foremost, the pitch is very, very racist. And that is the most important thing to take away from this section. Yes. Um, point number two, though, is that, like, like I never worked in, like, advertising or marketing, but I, or I kind of, well, I never worked in advertising, but I've done, like, client-based work before. Mm-hmm. And, like, you would never advise a client on like business decisions in a marketing meeting um because that's like not your job Mm -hmm. so he actually did give like aside again from the racism which is the worst part of all of this right yes (laughs) um and we don't need to go further but if we did um this is actually a horrible marketing pitch because you again do not advise clients on business decisions right you're telling them like how to market their existing products true yeah 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 you're right a lot of his pitch is about giving them business advice which it's like and then like promising them numbers that i don't think he can promise no, they're completely insane. Also, I loved that they used like different vodka bottles for the like to show growth. Oh yeah. Like... <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So okay, yeah, uh, to describe point. the scene a little bit, uh, in the second pitch, Cuba is talking from a PowerPoint, and like he's like put it's it's like of a U.S. map, and he's put like little bottles of malt liquor in like the targets. No, but... I'm talking about the first part where they're using oh, the yeah, models yeah, yeah. also to signify growth in like a chart. Yeah, yeah. Very, both are bad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like that, that's very yeah. much like an intern <laughs> is making this PowerPoint and thought it was being clever. Yeah, yeah. And they're not. I mean, they never are. <laughs> sorry, interns. Also, uh, yeah, interns, we love you and you secretly run everything. But um, yeah, yeah, we admire your spirit and we believe. Yeah. Also, it's like they should going. be paid money. A million times. Keep going. You, they should get paid. Interns should always be paid. They should be paid. Yes. The, yes. School One million percent, is yes. Such BS. No, it is total BS. Yeah, Des- yeah, especially wage. in like Butler and I's industry. Like, <sighs> yeah, all of this shit is floating on the backs of like an army of unpaid labor, yeah. whatever, and um, underpaid yes. assistants, which truly do yes. actually run the industry because they also run the interns. Yeah. So, yeah, yep. Okay, uh, speaking of things that should not be liked, <laughs> yes. uh. Let's talk about the character Paulina. <laughs> uh, before They're we good. go, yeah, like before we go any further, uh, Latanya Richardson Jackson uh, is a fantastic actress mm-hmm. and definitely like worthy of being in the kind of like the but what if I tried acting like Lunell Bill Cobb's corner mm-hmm. of like actors we should appreciate more. Yeah, 
-hmm. like go look at her imdb page she's been around forever and she's done a lot of great work and Mm -hmm. um she should be recognized more but i fucking hated paulina (laughs) (laughs) i mean yeah you did call her a church hag (laughs) yeah yeah i I said lots of uh mean things about her in the script that the chelsea's elected not to say um yes they were all very tasteful Um, (laughs) but you know she's like a really good villain in this plot that like the movie's kind of boring but she like adds like all of this sort of like zest and spice to it because she's doing such a good job with this character and she's like actively manipulative and like obviously selfish and like it's then two-faced too like it's it's really great she's doing some good stuff here yeah like she feels real like she's she's a great villain because like now i have never been to church Mm my last name is Ginsburg, you know, of, of the tribe. And, uh, <laughs> and so like, I, yeah, like, but like, I like seeing this person like interact, like I have, I, I feel like I've met her and like, yeah, like that person clearly exists somewhere. Cause like, this is clearly like based on someone real or mm-hmm. like, or like a, a kind of person who attends church. I wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah like really horribly intentioned and manipulative and like uh beyonce has a great line at some point it's like just because you holler in church doesn't make you a good christian yeah Mm -hmm. that's something that aunt Um, sadly told her that was i assume we assume is probably about paulina is the way it's played (laughs) uh there's is apparently there's like a long-standing feud between aunt sally and paulina sort of for control of like the first lady style position of the church which for those of you that don't know first lady is typically the pastor's wife and sort of like leads the church in a lot of functions but because the pastor in this instance is not married his sister is the first lady um and it seems like aunt sally because she was so popular and led the choir is sort of like they butt heads a lot basically because they were very different personalities and they felt very differently about things like aunt sally was much more into being accepting of people's interests outside of the church and she was okay with r&b music and paulina not so much she's very Mm. strict she knows all the bylaws by heart um I don't know. Maybe Paulina has a point. Like, have you seen that club? <laughs> the jazz club? In? Yeah, <laughs> a, ver- a very sinful, sinful gin joint. It looked like a black box theater. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah <laughs> it, it looks like the classiest yeah. fucking jazz club yeah, ever. She's, like, yeah, she's wearing a bunch of floor length skirts like she's a modern dancer or something. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> sure, sin. Okay. She, at one point, they're drinking Pepsis. Like, come on. Yeah, it's it is very funny. Like, yeah, yeah. Should also be said that like the character is mildly redeemed at the end by like the other characters, Mm -hmm. and uh, frankly, I did not feel like that ending was earned. Mm. Uh, Yeah, because she definitely does not like deserve forgiveness and Mm -hmm. is a bad person. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Yeah, the ending's really interesting because at some point they also do reveal that like this husband that she's been talking about this whole time that she says is I think dead actually isn't even dead. He like left her and has a new wife that is apparently oh, yeah. sort of like a very I don't know what they said, but they said like she's pretty and something about like making people love things out of church. I don't know, but like 
uh and like i don't know like the fact that her brother says it to her or like reveals this big secret of hers in front of everybody like apparently like really hurts her feelings like the way she plays it like she clearly feels like she's been really stabbed in the back in front of like people that she cares about leading one day yeah Uh, and i think in in like showing that mm -hmm. like the movie clearly wants you to feel bad for her and i didn't definitely it's it's a play at showing more of her humanity and showing that like she has a dirty secret also that like she didn't want people to know like so she probably shouldn't have been judging people as much as she was. Um, I did feel like the way that that particular thing was revealed, I did feel a little bad for her, but it didn't overwhelm like everything else bad that she had done, you know? Yeah, I yeah. did not feel bad for her. Yeah. Uh, but again, my heart grows cold. Yeah. I don't know. She yeah. should have taken some instructions from Survivor for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, maybe she just wasn't ready for the jelly, you know. <laughs> maybe, got you. Got to be ready for the jelly. Yeah, don't yeah. don't go for it unless you're ready for it. But yeah, like I, I think, like the final point to be made about Paulina though is like they did a very good job, uh, making like making her feel like a you know like a substantive villain, and uh, maybe they did too good a job, um, <laughs> because yeah, I I just I I could not deal with her um <laughs> yeah uh, she was very hateable she was yeah. um, she had some really she, good lines yeah. though some really good yeah she some did. really good slaps yeah yeah some, some zingers oh, some good singers the i will yeah. say like the 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 conversations between the church ladies were probably the best part of this movie for me because like the jabs that they're going at each other with are mm, so good yeah it was it was a lot of fun yeah um, yeah um She's charging to use the air conditioning. Yes, she is. In the in the Georgia summer. Yeah, she's also yeah. charging a dollar per phone call. You know, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's very funny. Not okay. <laughs> no, too hot. Yeah. People need you're the very, AC. You're very close to the equator. Like yeah, she she runs a boarding house <laughs> and she has one person there. <laughs> I wonder She's why. She's charging per like bar of soap. Yeah. <laughs> so good. <laughs> um, all right. Well, how did we all feel about the scene where Beyonce cries to a Destiny's Child song? Oh my god, I was <laughs> dying. I I did have a moment where I was like, wait, is she listening to like demos she recorded or something and crying? But then I realized no, this is not it's no. not just that. Uh No, I, I I looked up the song. It's from the uh the Fighting Temptation soundtrack. Okay. <laughs> just yeah dying so funny yeah like <laughs> it's 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 like it's okay so th- to set up the scene uh this is after um cuba gooding jr's character has decided to like return to georgia mm-hmm. and so he goes over to beyonce's house and like even though like clearly some time has passed between when he left and when he's back like she's still like she's just like at her living room like crying it's is it to a picture of um the aunt that died or something like that it's to aunt sally because she's actually she's in aunt sally's house because she has the key to the house that aunt sally gave her that's how they get in earlier in the movie she's just hanging out in aunt sally's house a house nobody has bothered to pack up yeah crying in the living room at like at the dinner table yep Yep. (laughs) And, and like and she is also listening to a song by destiny's child yep um 
Yeah. Which begs the question, does Beyonce even exist in the Fighting Temptations universe? Oh, um, interesting. Whoa. Interesting point. I mean, if whoa. like, I don't know, there's a line where like uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. says that he is an ad exec and he lists, I mean, it's not, not an ad exec, a music executive and he lists like Biggie and Tupac and stuff like that as people he's worked with. So I imagine if those people exist, Destiny's Child has to exist, which is interesting. Yeah. yeah. Usher exists Paradox. after all. Hmm. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> also, what if Lily and Beyonce meet? I think that like life? doesn't does, does the does the universe collapse onto itself? Whoa. I think yeah, a black hole just like erupts and breaks yeah. time apart. So the sun explodes. Yeah. <laughs> it's the end. It's the end for us. Yep. Yeah, but like to go back to the set to the scene, like it's yeah. clearly like supposed to be kind of an emotional scene where like she is sad and like he's there to rekindle the spark of their relationship and all that, but like it really does not have the that intended effect when she is listening she's crying to her own music yeah <laughs> yeah it's uh you just laugh. i don't know why why do filmmakers do this just like having it's, characters it's, listen to their own music and in, in their own movies it's, it's like yeah it does not really have weird. the effect like you want it to have like no it's bad it's really bad it just makes you laugh and, and you you aren't sad for her at all and it makes like his yeah. apology later even worse somehow. Like I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so okay, Darren. We've already talked about how he's a horrible ad executive. He also pretends to be a music executive for most of the film, and his big line is that he says he solved uh, the East versus West hip hop uh, feud by making everybody watch Roots. <laughs> I swear, like. This character just kills me. Just incredible. Yeah. Um, it's an amazing joke. Yeah. It is a really good joke. Um, yeah, the the implications of which are surprisingly dark if you think about them long enough. Yeah, and I almost think that like they didn't know how clever the joke was when they wrote it. I really don't think <laughs> they did. You know, like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I like to believe that they are, like, yeah, wh- whoever wrote that joke should get a pat on the back because that's just yeah, great stuff. Like, like we don't have like a big substantial point to belabor here. It's just a fucking incredible line. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah. I like to imagine Cuba knew, but who really knows? Uh, yeah, <laughs> no, that's pretty much it. But um, <laughs> speaking of things that are incredible, uh, let's talk about this church attire. Oh man! Oh yes. Uh, Cuba and Mike Epps suits are just. <laughs> S tier <laughs> throughout the entirety of this movie. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially like the first suits they wear when they pull up to the funeral. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, in a funeral where traditionally you wear black. Yes. Uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. is wearing an all white suit. Yes. Yep. And um, Mike Epps is wearing a suit that it has a little bit of a prom vibe to me. <laughs> Mm-hmm. that's funny uh, that's um, yeah <laughs> yeah it should also be noted that like after the service like they're like they're outside and like they're talking like on the yard yeah mm-hmm. and it is clearly very muddy yeah and i was scared shitless that cuba gooding jr was gonna like slip and fall in that mud in that all white oh suit oh my god mm-hmm. i just that suit 
the weird thing about that suit is he wore it on the train down too. Like, do you know how bold of a person you have to be to travel in all white? Little, not just white pants, white shirt, white jacket, the whole yeah. thing. Like, there's when Mike Epps pulls up, all this dust gets kicked up by his car, and Cuba Gooding Jr. just stands there and lets the dust waft over him. And I like gasped because I would have been, I would have ran out of the way. Yeah, well, I mean, presumably he put on that suit in his apartment in New York City, right? Yeah. So you're so yeah. you're walking the streets of New York City in an all white yeah. suit. Penn Station in that suit. Yeah, you're going. To, yeah, you're going to yeah. Penn Station in that suit. <laughs> no, that's not happening. That you, I assume he took the destination. I assume he took the train, like the metro too, because he has like no money. So there's no yeah, way he right. got a cab. Maybe he walked. I don't know. But like, like what? Yeah, like. I'm I'm imagining some sort of like worst case scenario where he like subwayed to the Grand Central and then took this <gasps> train to Penn. Oh, in and if right. you're and if you're going through all those stops in New York City wearing an all white suit, like mm. the chances of you getting something on that suit is like one billion percent in New like, York high. summer yeah. of all things too. Mm-hmm. No, well, and then to go to a Georgia summer where it's like best case scenario you're gonna pit out that like you know the shirt under your your suit jacket. Oh, yeah. like it's very hot and humid. Yeah. And dusty and muddy. Yeah. 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 I just. Very high risk. I don't know. And he had like a, one of those like sort of like suit suitcases or I'm sorry, a garment bag with him. And I just wondered mm-hmm. like, what's in the garment bag? It's got to be something better to wear than this white suit. <laughs> are, are, are you casting aspersions on the white suit? No, I'm just saying more appropriate and less like you dirtyable. I don't know. Like, <laughs> ah, yeah. Okay. Fair. <laughs> I don't know. It should also be noted that, like, the first thing he does when he gets off the train is, like, orders, like, greasy fried chicken from the spot at the train station. Oh, my God. Yeah. 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 It's very interesting. Like, you better have napkins. I hope so. Yeah. Several. And I know that you probably have a dipping sauce to go with that, with with the chicken. Yeah. (laughs) I'd be worried about that, too. Yeah. There was nowhere to sit, so he has to eat it standing. I just, there were a lot of issues with that scene. He also just left without canceling his order, and I felt bad for the guy that had presumably started frying chicken for him. Yeah. Yeah, He's not going to get that money back. He's the real victim of the movie. (laughs) I guess so. (laughs) Um, But all, like, the church ladies had on some pretty amazing attire, too. Some really good hats. There's a great line mm-hmm. about uh, Aunt Sally leaving all of her hats to Paulina. Oh, yeah, that was pretty um, yeah. And the snap is essentially like, you know, she always said that she loved my hats. So hopefully she likes them. But maybe she's also been like talking bad about me behind my back. So either way, she's got to wear these hats all the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But this begs the question, though. Yes. Which was better? The church attire in this movie or the church attire in last season's Father of Lies? Hmm. So... I actually think this the ones from Father of Lies were better. I, I agree, yeah. only because I noticed them more. Yeah, there was more variety, and I feel like, yeah, there was more to kind of... They popped, in a way. Yeah. That I, I feel like I didn't see here as much. They were a little more over-the-top. Like, that woman who had on the black suit with the gold hat with the big old gold bow, that woman mm-hmm. who had on the pink outfit with feathers, like... Right. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of that. They were a little more restrained in this instance, mm-hmm. except for the one member of the choir who always has on a different hat with flowers on it. <laughs> <laughs> she's actually, she's like a former um, like Broadway performer, so it was interesting to see her in this role. Hmm. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I think, like, one of the definite criticisms you can make about this movie is that a lot of people involved in the making of it were clearly not that familiar with like going, not that I'm familiar Mm. with it, but like 
right. they're, they're not familiar with like going to a church in the south yeah and and yeah. i think that like yeah. one of the consequences of that is like the the church attire felt a little lacking um totally among sort of mm-hmm. other smaller details that i think in hindsight father of lies really nailed yeah 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 um, I totally understand sure. what you mean there. It felt like with Father of Lies, they decided to go to a church and to tell the people that like actively go there, hey, can you come on down because we're going to film a church scene where which you normally would wear. Whereas with this one, yeah. it definitely felt like this is what people perceive going to a church in the South might be like. Um, and I got that vibe a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Also those awful yeah, but... blue shirts. They were not good. <laughs> Yeah. It's just like they were really they looked like they were from like Coles yes. or something, right? Yes. Like I feel like Sanchez maybe you'll get this. It looked like the kind of like awful like blue button-up shirt that you'll see a guy in and you'll be like, "Yeah, like he just pulled like whatever shirt on to go to like mm-hmm. this interview or whatever." Like this isn't what he normally mm-hmm. wears like Right. Yeah. Yeah, uh, he has he has one shirt that he uses. Yes, that is the to vibe. To to he has one <laughs> nice button-up shirt. It's this blue, yeah. ill-fitting thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, mm. yeah. A, yeah, like machine washable. You know, mm-hmm. not dry clean. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They were all too big and too loose. Like, just no. All right, so guys, okay, I think it is definitely time for segments. Very excited. Um, we we shall, as always, begin with my nitpick corner. There were many things to... Wait, there's there's things to nitpick (laughs) about this movie? Oh, man. Listen, there were a lot. Um, And it was really hard to narrow these down, but I think I got a few pretty good ones. So the first one, it's something actually that we just talked about, which was sort of like the fact that it felt like the church that they had in this movie felt more of like a assumption or based off of a lot of like stereotypes of what it might be like going to like a more heavily um, black populated church in the South. And something that I noticed was just like how many freaking people fell over in church to the point that a man (laughs) fell over and there was a nurse that like helped him get up in like a white nurse's dress with the little cap. Like she was from the fifties or something. I was like, what? Not, not that many people fall to the ground because of the Lord and tr- like, or what is, I forget what the line is, but they're like, they fall to the ground because of the Holy Spirit or something. There's one woman who would always do it. Um, her name was Sister, what was it? Sister Faith or Faye, I think is what it was. And they said like, the line was like, oh, it wouldn't be Sunday if Faye didn't like fall to the ground. And like, oh, she yeah, was the that. only one that I was like, okay, this is her thing clearly. So I understand it, but the five other people that fell to the ground because of the spirit, it was too much. Too much. It's a lot of people falling because of the spirit. Yeah, Yeah, again, that feels like an outsider making a film about black churches in the South. Yeah, yeah. Making a movie about black churches in the South. Um, Yeah, I was like, Faye, I understood because it became a joke because later at the funeral... Like Paulina decides that she's going to be slain in the spirit, and then she falls over, and she falls on top of Faye, who had gotten there before her and already fallen. <laughs> like that's funny. Like, but yeah, that, yeah, that was pretty good. Other stuff too yeah. much. It was too many people falling. Um, yeah, I actually have to imagine that the director of this movie, like someone, explained to him the concept of like falling in church, and like was like, 
a that's hilarious or, or it's like that or like they didn't get it so it was explained to them it was like you know what james brown used to do on stage like they just did that it's like <laughs> oh okay yeah that sounds good they have them do that yeah oh, i'm sorry yeah. well have them do that he's, he's british um there's a lot of con- i'm just so confused about the credit card debt in the plot <laughs> i just maybe it's not a nitpick it's like it's an overall issue but like i just don't understand i can't follow the trail of it at all and i don't understand the concept of the idea that your company can hire you back and all of a sudden fix your credit for you which is something that I they mean, apparently say they're going to do and is like it's part of his deal for going back to the ad agency yeah i don't think weird. any of the finances in this movie make sense so so <laughs> yeah. like there was a point when I was watching where it's like, I'm going to attempt to figure this out, but it's like, oh, it's not worth it because nothing in this movie, as far as money is concerned, makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's totally ridiculous. It's just bad. And then... Yeah. The, the, the Georgia Power Company just faults what whatever. Yeah, I know, right? Just uh, <laughs> yeah, while he was gone for like, like a week, oh, okay. the company fall, yeah. faults. Um, okay, then my other thing is like, as a tie onto that, he came down to Georgia with a garment bag with like a suit in it. And all of a sudden yeah. he keeps getting all these new clothes, including a God awful pair of overalls that I have no idea why he decided to buy. <laughs> and I'm just like, mm. if you have like, it felt like the, all the money he got was like the cash, right. That he pulled out the paper, like his train ticket and a few other things. But like, I don't know. I'm just like, where's he getting all these other clothes? We never really see him buy any other clothes. Like, it's and he's using the money to pay for his rent at the boarding house. So I'm like, so how does he have extra cash to pay for these overalls? And I just, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I mean, Paulina's charging him so much for everything. Like, you, you figure like he wouldn't have anything for clothes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, I assume he's paying for like his food and things like that. And I just, I don't know. He keeps getting new cigars. Uh, I just, yeah, I don't know. And then uh, my last nitpick is about the adult baptism <laughs> at the lake or wherever. <laughs> I just, I don't know if it's really a nitpick. I just like, I really, really love to understand why they chose to do it in that ugly water under like the bridge. And like, I don't know, it looked very toxic <laughs> and just like, maybe well, it was for the joke. There's a joke about how that water is toxic, right? I guess so. Yeah. I just, they also, they, they put Montal Jordan in like a huge floaty and, like, he has a whole line about how he doesn't know how to swim and he's scared of water. And we don't get to see him get dunked. And I'm not okay with that. I'm like, if the, if you build up that character. Very good point. If yeah. you build the, all that up, he should be the one we see get dunked. Not T-Bone or whoever it was. Come on. Yeah. And Very, very good point. Yeah. Those are pretty yeah, much my nitpicks. Fun. Come on. Very good. Very good nitpicks this time. Very nitpicks. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like them. Thank very you. solid. All valid, though. I just, and I love that Steve Harvey's live broadcasting the baptism. Sorry. Must... Oh, yeah, that was very funny. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Steve Harvey's whole spiel in this movie is just to, like, be like a Greek chorus that just comments on things. Oh, I but, know. Yeah, you know, delightful. It's, it's fun. <laughs> it was a choice. It was It was a choice, you're right. Paid off sometimes, not always. Uh, yeah. Anyway, that's my nitpick corner. It's now on to Sanchez's butt bowl. How did you pronounce it? Butt bowl. bowl. Yeah, the butt the bowl. The butt bowl and booty juices corner. <laughs> yeah, the, the booty juices, by the way, is in reference to a line Mike Epps has where oh, uh, God. A, a very icky comment about like 
the way women's butts are shaped in the South. They are apparently based in booty juices or something like that. That was the Georgia one specifically. It's not even just a comment. It's a whole monologue about the different butts from different states across the South. Yeah. And uh, I don't appreciate being plagiarized from... (laughs) <laughs> I'm kidding. Just, I've I never ass- said anything like that. I assume it's a monologue pulled from one of his like hours or something, like one of his comedy specials. Right. To be yeah, honest, yeah, I assume yeah, that was just probably. like point a camera at him and have him talk. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, classic sure. Mike X humor. But yes, butt bowl and <laughs> booty juices corner. All right, um, so for for the butt bowl today, um, I have a once again I have a question for the group. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is Cuba Gooding Jr. hot? Hmm. Hmm. Tricky question. Currently hot? Or in hot back or then. in the movie? Okay, back then. Hot in the movie. Man, you know, it really depends. Due to his association with radio, I'm gonna go with no. Wow. Okay, but what about his association with Rat Race? No, he's not hot in Rat Race. <laughs> what in the world? Are you sure. One, once a season, we need to bring up Rat Race. Like, <laughs> no, I think that where he he he's at his hottest probably in like Jerry Maguire. Okay, I would say that that's peak hotness. Um, we are talking about like physical attractiveness. Oh yeah, yes. stardom, yes. right? Okay, yeah. yeah. Good. Like, would you want to give him a kiss kiss? Uh, I don't know if I'd want to give him a kiss kiss. But I could appreciate But, but he him. has lips. So? Therefore, he gets a kiss kiss. He gets a kiss kiss. Whatever, I don't follow that logic. <laughs> <laughs> I need more things for yeah. my kiss kisses. Yeah, no, I, I mean, mean, all I see is radio. I can't do it. Oh, wow. That's that's fair. I can't, honestly, I can't tell. Because, like, I feel like sometimes... Like, he looks like he... I think maybe it's just, like, the way that, like, he acts in a lot of movies. Like, not radio, but specifically movies like this and, like, Rat Race, where he's, like, a funny guy, but he's also kind of, like, a like a little stinker, <laughs> if you will. Yeah. Um, it's, like, I don't know. I just, like, I, I think the hotness kind of, like, dissipates, mm-hmm. um, you know, when he's, like, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like some people are, like, more hot when they do schemes. But I think Cuba Gooding Jr. is less hot when he schemes. I see what you mean. Interesting. I do think yeah. he's cute. How do you cute. feel about... Oh, oh no. I was just okay. going to say, I do think it, he's cute for sure. But hot is yes. hard. Hot is very dependent yes. on what's going on. He's very boy next like door. He's, he's cute. He's, like, attractive. I'd say maybe, like, maybe even handsome. Mm. But I, yeah, I don't think he's hot. Handsome is a good one, I think. Yeah. Yeah. He's, like, good looking. But yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah. So now we move on to: Do we think Beyonce slayed? As in, was she the best part of the movie? No, I no. I agree. Also, no. Um. Yeah. Do we think anybody slayed in this movie? Not really. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, this is not a slay-worthy movie. Not really. Everyone, everyone yeah. descended on this movie. and was like, I don't think i need to slay yeah I, I will say that like a lot of the singers are very very talented yeah um, i was gonna say ob- obviously beyonce yeah. but um lavert and angie stone and yeah angie stone slayed 
Eddie yeah. Levert. You know yeah, Angie Stone. And, yeah. Angie Stone wins the movie. Yeah, I think sure. she she go. and like Eddie Levert probably slayed. Yeah. Yeah, she both deserve more credit anyway True. in real life. So True. Yeah. I love some Eddie Levert. Um yeah. all right. Next up is Single Ladies the greatest music video of all time, Garth. <laughs> oh, Garth. Okay. <laughs> so the original thing that we were going to do this season with this segment is like, they were going to ask the question, is single ladies, the greatest video of all time an obvious reference to Kanye interrupting Taylor Swift at the VMAs. Mm-hmm. And I would say every time, you know, I'm glad you asked. I think it's a very good video, but I don't think it's the best. Um, and while I think that, you know, doing that every episode is very funny conceptually, I, I felt it getting a little stale, even in episode two. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I have constructed a list of music videos that I think are better than, or that I think is better than the single ladies video. Okay. Okay. Uh, I gave myself some ground rules. Okay. Um, the first being that I am only sticking with music videos that I am reasonably sure that either of you, that one of you has seen. Okay. Okay. So, so in, in other words, like no kind of like underground videos or indie videos or like videos you have to kind of search for to find. Oh, okay. so these aren't which, Beyonce which, videos. Yeah. Um, hmm. these are like main videos from mainstream acts. All right. Okay. Um, and the other is I tried to balance between like music videos that I think are like genuinely better, okay. uh, and music videos that I think are quote unquote better, meaning okay. like music videos that are, I love because they're ridiculous or, you know, like mm. whatever. So that way we can actually have you know, a genuine discussion. And uh, also the third rule is that I am not allowed to pick WAP. Okay. Okay. Uh, right. So the first music video I am going to argue is better than single ladies is Missy Elliott's Work It. Hmm. Mm. That is a good choice. I agree. I think... It's not better than single ladies. I agree. Really? It is not better yeah. than single ladies. Sorry, Garth. What if I told you that Missy Elliott punches a slave master, or no, a slave punches a slave master in the face so hard that he becomes black? What if I told you- And also that Missy Elliott swallows a car and is covered in bees. What if I told you how iconic Beyonce made a black leotard? I agree. Frankly, like, I think, like, the vast majority of the Missy Elliott filmography is, like, do we think any Missy Elliott videos are better? I mean, are any videos better? That's truly the question. Single Ladies is the greatest music video of all time, Garth. I genuinely can't tell if, like, you're taking the stance just to argue with me or you actually disagree with me. You may never know. You Hmm. may never know. Well, I guess we'll just have to see. Tune in next week to see if Garth actually yeah. convinces us that another music video is better than Single Ladies. Because right now he's not. I, 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 <laughs> he is not. He, he is not. I, never, I was. Right I was so sure that you guys would at least like somewhat like could see the point that work it is better than Single Ladies video. It's up there. I see. Your. I acknowledge that you have made this argument. Yes. But it okay. is. Wrong. It has been acknowledged. It's on the record. What about the Super Duper Fly video? On the record. You get. You get one in episode. One, All right. Right. Yeah. Fine. Sorry. Next week. Good try though. <laughs> next, yeah, next week you can ask us another one. Yeah, I, 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 I do know which one I'm doing next week, and there is no way in hell that either of you are agreeing with it. <laughs> and frankly, I don't agree with it either. But I just wanted to bring it up. So, interest, very interesting. 
Okay, let it be no no that uh, both of the Chelseas are on record as hating Missy Elliott. Wow, no. Wow. That's not on the record. Very bold. No. Bold statement. That's exactly what they have said. No. Uh, there's nothing in the history of our Instagram <laughs> that says otherwise. I know, right? Nobody <laughs> definitely listed the, <laughs> Missy Elliott as a top five rapper. Both the Chelseas hate Missy Elliott. Hate her. It's, I'm just saying so there's like, a literal you know, record we're, we're, on the internet you can go check. <laughs> when we're not recording, they're just like, you know, like I'm talking with like, hi, Chelsea's, how are you today? And they're, they're both like, ugh, Missy Elliott. <laughs> that's I, I just that's watched just the me. I just watched the gossip folks video and I hate <laughs> Incredible. On Chelsea's. Oh, Lord. All right. On to our fun segment, the segment that rotates every week. Uh, the question this week is, if you could hear any song covered by a church choir, which one would it be? I thought this was a really interesting one, and it was kind of hard to choose. It it was really yeah. hard. It, I had a hard time picking a, a, a good yeah. one. I had a good long think, but yes, I have reached an answer. Let's hear it, Garth. Okay. The obvious direction to go here would be like a super, like, sexualized and dirty like you know pop or rap song not to potentially shit on it either of your picks um but like the more i thought about it the more i realized like the true opposite of a choir song is like a really slow sad depressing song hmm. mm -hmm. uh so i scanned my mind for like what's the saddest song i know and uh all of the answers i came up with are I should not be on record joking about on a podcast. Um, okay. So I've decided to go. Um, this is not the saddest song ever, but it is a famously sad song, uh, which is I'm going to go Blame Game by Kanye West. Oh. And uh, so that would <laughs> that would include the Chris Rock comedy skit at the end. I know I said in the previous episode that I feel like it should be in its own track, mm -hmm. but I love the tonal juxtaposition of going from like the most emotional song Kanye ever made to like a Chris Rock skit. That's an interesting choice too, because Kanye has definitely used church choirs and other music. So it's like not out of the realm of possibility that he like could have used it in this song. So very interesting. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. That's a good choice. Yeah. I like the idea of like a church choir doing the whole song too, and then Chris Rock just coming out at the end and just doing that bit. Yeah, yeah, I do too. I think that would be fun. I actually yeah. more like the idea of like a church choir uh, tackling the challenge of like how do we do like a skit that only one person is performing <laughs> on a at the tail yeah. end of a super sad song. Uh, but that yeah, like. Interesting. Other options came to mind, you know, like songs by like Future and Tyler the Creator and all that. Mm. But like, yeah, I, I wanted to go a little less obvious. Yeah, yeah. I also almost picked a uh, Tyler song, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I decided against it. Yonkers. I... Yep, that's exactly yep. <laughs> what I was, I was thinking about. Well, the problem is that like I don't think it would be fun to listen to a church choir like do yonkers you know like it's i kind of do but whatever premise is kind of funny but like i don't know how they would sing it mm -hmm. really um and then i another contender for me was um this charming man by the smiths but i feel like i talk about them too much so i decided not to do that um that also so would have been good i i think it would have been good but yeah. um the one i settled on is um diet mountain dew by lana del rey <laughs> I mean, very dramatic. Uh, uh, it, 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 like, 
it, it's a funny pick, but like it also makes a certain amount of sense. Oh man, yeah. that is good. It's a good choice. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I I also went with maybe a less obvious choice because I went down the route of of funny as well. And I did also think, like, what is the opposite of sort of, like, gospel music? And I went with a song that you guys have told me about, actually. And I can't remember the name of it, but I know that the name I call it is Nazi Boys Go Home. <laughs> oh. Because <laughs> I conceptually <laughs> like the idea of a church choir singing at Nazis. <laughs> so, for the record, uh, Butler is referring to Nazi Punk's Fuck Off by the Dead Kennedys. Yeah, that one. <laughs> that song I definitely know. Uh, one time uh, we were talking about punk songs and Chelsea misremembered the name of the song as Nazi Boys Go Home, uh, which I, which Sanchez and I both thought was hysterical. Um, I would like yes, to go on the record and say that I'd had a couple drinks that night. Okay. Like, give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> also, the concept of church choir uh, doing a punk song is the best of three. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think that was the best choice. Yeah. It was very funny. Yeah, I overthought it. <laughs> <laughs> like, like oh yeah punk music obviously I, yeah. I overthought it and then i just gave up and i was like no i know what i'm doing <laughs> no that's a, that's an excellent choice and, and now that you yeah. have opened up yeah like now the possibilities are flooding in like john wayne was a nazi yeah <laughs> great choice oh bondage up yours great choice yeah oh bondage where are th- that one oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's also another mistake butler made very good classic all right. All well, right. Uh, we have reached the end of our episode. Uh, normally, this is the bit where I say a mean thing about Steven Seagal, but I'm looking at what I wrote, and uh, I feel it's in poor taste. <laughs> yeah. Uh, su- 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 suffice to say that uh, Steven Seagal, he's bad. <laughs> he's a bad guy. Yeah. I have a well of a- uh, anger, but I need to use that uh, to live tweet at the Oscars to make clear my thoughts on my octopus teacher and hillbilly elegy. Yeah, don't you have to like tweet um, Jared Kushner or whoever about how much you hate him and his shady Vance. Yeah, whatever. Shady Vance. <laughs> Same thing. I, I mean, don't know. Like... Yeah, pretty much. Like yeah. <laughs> Mima. Uh... <laughs> Mima, I'm confused by these forks. Whatever. What? Uh... <laughs> I just there's a, there's a scene in Hellbilly Elegy in the very beginning where like JD Vance is in college and like. He's at a fancy he, dinner and he doesn't he know. Doesn't... He, he gets like very overwhelmed and angered by the amount of forks that are on the table. I want to wait, wait, wait. I want to. How many forks are on the table? There were like, like two. Forks. Okay, listen. <laughs> there's, a, there's, there, there's the salad fork and the okay. dinner fork. Yes. Also, and, honestly, like any woman in his situation would have googled like fork situations before, well before attending the fancy. Dinner, I mean, I, I, all I think. I'm saying. Well, I was about to argue, like, maybe this is pre-internet, but, like, no, like, they were... It's not! He has a smartphone! Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, he could have literally just been like, excuse me! Yeah. And just, then, like, been like, you Google. should also be noted setting. that, uh... That's it. Yeah. It's like, also, yeah. they're they're arranged in a way that, like, the one that's closest to the plate is the one you start with. That's how it goes. It's done for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's Yeah, also, simple. uh, he was, like, very, like, overwhelmed by, like, what wine he should pick. So oh, just all right. Wine. Just, yeah doesn't matter yeah truly doesn't matter just take uh, he's also say it's up to your um, you know i this is my preference just go with that like yeah. it's easy I don't, yeah I don't he's know. also a white supremacist and a garbage person and 
most importantly, he's yeah. a white supremacist and a garbage person. So we can we can move yeah. on. But we should all cyber bully JD Vance tonight. Yes, yes that that will be happening. I will be attempting to get JD Vance to block our account. You anyway, would think the obvious excellent. choice for him would be white wine then. Burn. Let's just throw a bunch of red <laughs> wine at him. <laughs> Good singer right there. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. If you see JD Vance, throw some red. Feel wine free to use um, that in your yes. tweets, Garth. <laughs> yes. Uh, next time, we will be discussing Beyonce's solo debut, "Dangerously in Love." Oh man! And so the natural pairing with such a momentous album, "The Pink Panther." Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> cannot wait. So excited. Not to be mistaken I... with the Destiny's Child song, "Dangerously in Love." That is correct. Dangerously in Love. Very uh, different. On the album Survivor. Very different tones. Yeah. Yes. Hey, uh, you at home, you know what you should do is uh, leave us a review or rating, five stars Mm, or both. Please do. And uh, follow us us on social media. On Twitter, we are at Buddhapod. The B and the P are capitalized on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Buddhapodcast, no capitalization. Facebook, but what if I tried acting? And hey, you better do all these things because Chelsea Butler will find you. If you don't. I will. I will force you to help my analytics. Okay. Yeah, Chelsea Butler's fucking crazy. I get a real rush out of these things, out of my engagement okay. rate. <laughs> yeah, she's she's gonna break into your house. She's gonna destroy all of your shit, and she's gonna kidnap your fucking dog. So you better follow us on social media. I'm just saying, come on and like argue with us about who you think the mass Singer contestants are. Argue yeah. with us. Help us like mm-hmm. cyber bully JD yeah. Vance. Do, 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 you, yeah, um, do you have any feelings on the crab? Yeah. From, like, uh, tell us your feelings yeah, on the tell crabs. Us about it. Tell us your feelings on the They're Russian important. dolls. Tell us your feelings on Nick Cannon versus Nisi Nash. Like we want to discuss all of these things with you. You know, Garth yeah, wants to debate you on mm-hmm. the Oscars. All these things. Come on. All these things. Very yeah. important. Feel free uh, to add us. You know, my octopus teachers, fucking whatever. Yeah, talk about um, octopi. Yeah. <laughs> so social medias uh, at Buddhapod yeah. <laughs> or at Buddhapodcast, Facebook, uh, Snapchat, TikTok. We're not on Snapchat we, we, or we, TikTok we yet, yet but we're tempted. Yeah. TikTok is is a is a deep dark realm that we're thinking about <laughs> getting into. It's a scary choice. <laughs> Yeah, I will not have any part of that. But <laughs> the, the, the Chelsea's can have as much fun as they would like. Um, we'll see. Um, but uh, th- thank you, Chelsea's, for joining me for this enlightened discussion on this album and this film. Thank you, Garth. Thank it's you, been Garth. wonderful. It really and, has uh, always. Thank you, audience. And uh, maybe enjoy a nice chicken parm tonight <laughs> on behalf of Chelsea Sanchez's boyfriend. Um, oh my God. Yes. Uh, maybe do that. Also, thank you to our beautiful Virgo queen, Beyonce, for obviously inspiring yes. this season. Uh, and hey, nice. maybe go tweet something mean at JD Vance. <laughs> maybe. All right. Goodbye, guys. Bye. All right. Bye. <laughs> Fuck JD Vance. I, I want us to...